The Serial Entrepreneur, brought to you by Startups Magazine. A podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like, I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this, and then the pandemic happened, and I didn't do this. And, and you spend so much time, like, second-guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like, we're human. It really does improve over time, and I think sometimes when you're starting out, you kind of almost expect yourself to have, you know, super high standards from the start. You know, you want to do your best at the start, absolutely, but you're never going to be perfect. Plus, share their biggest secret, their favourite breakfast cereals. My favourite cereal is an Australian cereal called Nutrigrain. Rice Krispies. It's pretty boring. Weetabix. I have a clear winner. It is uh, Cocoa Pops. Hello and welcome back to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast brought to you by Startups Magazine. As always, I am Anna, your host, and I'm joined today by the lovely Derville Ormond, founder of Friendo. Now, this is a conversation that I have been super excited to have since I heard about Friendo and heard about Derville and everything that she's been through. So I'm going to leave the story to Derville to tell you it's quite a personal one. It's quite an extraordinary one that I'm sure a few of you will have been through yourselves. So Derville, thank you so much for being my guest. I feel like I've just really built that up, but thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you? I'm really well, Anna. Thank you so much for having me and happy Friday. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here and to chat to you today and yeah I think we'll have lots to chat about yes me too happy Friday it's the Friday feeling before we delve into some of the the deep questions let's start on a lighter note so the serial entrepreneur podcast you are no different to an other guest in this respect you have to tell me first of all what is your favorite breakfast cereal and why it's really boring. It's Alpen. Um, but I have to say it's the dregs of the Alpen. It's always like the sugary bits of the Alpen at the very bottom. But then I go through phases of a crunchy nut phase. I have to say I'm a bit of a crunchy nut fan. Yeah. But never in the morning. It's always at night. Yes. Thank you so much. I've had this conversation with very few people on this podcast before, and I am a firm believer that I eat cereal once in a blue moon and it's never in the morning. Never, ever. <laughs> no, no, no. Breakfast at dinner time or at night time. That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because even like, you know, you, you're fried eggs or you're like posh brunchy dinner, like in an evening, it feels so Oh, yeah so good brunch all day breakfast all day oh, that's my kind of thing <laughs> me too all day breakfast best thing on the menu so before people start thinking this is now a food podcast a business podcast let's start with you and your story I've really like I said I've really built it up without giving anything away normally I do a little snippet about what the business is about but I wanted you to obviously tell your story and why obviously you started Friendo so let's let's start from the beginning tell me a bit about yourself and your journey yeah well I think the accent is a dead giveaway I am Irish I was born in Ireland and I, I guess my story is not all about endometriosis but 
yeah, I started to suffer from symptoms from a really young age. I was, you know, really active, like into sports, you know, sociable and really pretty positive. But I have to say those symptoms really kind of took over my life from a really young age and didn't know what it was at all. And, you know, like so many others, uh, one in nine of us now suffer from endometriosis. You know, that's a really similar story. They go for years and years not knowing what those symptoms are. So I guess my endometriosis journey uh, that led to the, the concept of Frendo started from, you know, a really, really young age. And, you know, fast forward 18 years to that diagnosis. And but I guess that's like one side of my journey. And, you know, the other side of the journey is what led me to a startup, which is Frendo. And I think, you know, I always I always kind of had this like drive to do something of my own. Didn't quite land on what that was. Um, you know, I, I ended up living in Australia for seven years, which is where I was diagnosed. And so, you know, it's kind of a bit like my second home, Australia, for many reasons. You know, I went for a long time not being diagnosed and, you know, as the daughter of a, a doctor and still found it so tricky to be diagnosed. And, uh, you know, that's like for a lot of people out there, you know, it's it, it's kind it sounds quite simple, but there's so much mental strife i think or you know difficulty that comes along with that which is like the isolation is just really really what i remember most and you know wondering is it all in your head and like you know am i making this up am i really that sick you know um is this just you know period pains all of this kind of thing and it wasn't until I moved to Australia that I actually finally got diagnosed. And from a professional point of view, Australia was really good to me as well. You know, in terms of I ended up working for a cancer startup there, then worked for KPMG startups. And so I guess kind of it all, I look back and I kind of go like it's all in a way come together, you know, for that reason, in, in a sense, you know, in terms of. I knew I always wanted to do something. I felt like I always wanted to write about my experience or do something about my experience, but didn't know what it was. And uh, until I kind of came to the the concept of of Frendo. So the journey was a really, really long one, um, like so many for endometriosis. You know, the average diagnosis delay is like between four and 11 years. And, you know, for so many, it's it's as long as mine. And and really what I'm trying to do with Frendo is is, you know, build that awareness to, to break that cycle earlier. And so I've kind of rambled on that a little bit. No, no, not at all. I have so many, so many questions like from from that that statement, the that story alone. But I guess maybe now is a good time to kind of explain to the audience a bit more what what exactly is Frendo, what how it works. And yeah, like what is what is the business Frendo? So Frendo is a smartphone app. It caters to both undiagnosed and, and diagnosed sufferers. So it's an app that that offers features that are one is a, a tracker feature. So for those who are diagnosed, they can track their endometriosis symptoms. There are lots of 
cycle trackers out there, you know, but this is very specific towards endo pain and endo symptoms. The feedback that we got was that sufferers wanted to track their pain specifically. And the reason for that is mainly because of the amount of time they miss from work or school or how it impacts their relationships or how mainly how they want to improve. And that's, you know, the key objective for Frendo is how to manage a chronic illness and actually live a better life with it, you know. Um, so the community feature also tailors for those endo-diagnosed sufferers as well. And, you know, you can go on and read other people's stories and how they've dealt with fertility issues or how they've, you know, gotten through difficult operations, how they've told their employer, how they've told a new partner they have endometriosis. There's also a screening questionnaire, and that's, I guess, specifically for those sufferers who have suspected endometriosis symptoms. So they're kind of those, you know, like I, I guess I always think of what I wish I had when I was going through those years. And this is exactly what I wish I had in those years, just feeling really so alone and kind of thinking, what are these symptoms that I have? You know, why do I have a different size wardrobe like for um, different months? You know, are the why do I have this pain along my leg, in my hip, in my pelvis? And the screening questionnaire is a place to go, I guess, to feel heard and to validate those. It doesn't diagnose, but it, it just it it, uh, it gives you the likelihood of having endometriosis. And then you can take that to your GP. You can export it to your GP or to a consultant. So they're kind of they're the main features, the tracker, the community, the screening questionnaire. And then there's a health profile as well that basically summarizes where you're at um, on your tracking and on your health in terms of, you know, and I what I try to do is kind of create, a, you know, a positive outcome in terms of how can we live better with the chronic illness. We spoke about this off air previously, and I said I couldn't believe how common it is now and how many, you know, females seem to be experiencing endo and how it's still so hard to diagnose or still kind of like not diagnosed as easily like how are we in 2022 and it's still not kind of you know become like a common thing that doctors can shouldn't do anything about I personally don't have it or haven't had it but I know so many of my close friends that have some diagnosed some not and you know the 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 symptoms you're describing I'm like these are I know the girls going through this it's screaming out that it is endo why is it from your from your experiences, obviously from your you know working in in this sector now? Why is it so hard for it to be recognised, for it to be diagnosed? Why isn't it commonly spoken about? And and is there a cure? Um, no, there. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, okay. So first of all, why why is it so difficult? Straight up, there's a knowledge gap, and that's kind of to put it kindly. And um, there's a knowledge gap within you know society but more more so there's a knowledge gap with the medical profession and arrogance with them as a result of ignorance and you know like my dad would admit being a gp we didn't know we weren't educated and they're they're getting better but the biggest like one of the biggest difficulties so many of us feel going through those those average 10 plus visits that you have to make in order to get to a di diagnosis is the dismissiveness that we feel and what a lot of people 
uh, feel is gaslighting, you know, from medical profession. And that's really because there hasn't been a, a want from um, the medical profession to, to actually educate themselves. And like, frankly, you know, I don't want Frendo to become, you know, all about this. But if there was an equivalent men's condition, we would have honestly found a cure by now. And, you know, there's no that doesn't get us anywhere by by talking like that. But that is the, the difficulty. The, the other side of it is it is a difficult di disease to, to diagnose. And the reason for that is it has to be diagnosed by laparoscopy. Um, so by generally by keyhole surgery, and you literally have to move organs up and around in order to find the disease, you know, and for those, you know, who don't know what it is, I should have actually explained really what it is. It's, it's tissue similar to the lining of the uterus that, that grows in other parts of the body. It, it, it doesn't shed like it's supposed to shed, like for most of us every month. And what that really means is it's like a chewing gum like structure and it's like sticking things together inside of you, sticking organs together, sticking organs to your back wall and causing not just a lot of pain, but actually it can cause nerve damage, organ damage. I have nerve damage in my back. You know, it can go up as high as your lungs. Um, so uh, there, like it, it can be it, it can be very hard to diagnose and, and that's the reason you do need an endometriosis specialist to actually perform the laparoscopy to answer your other question no there is no cure at the moment pregnancy is not a cure despite what those myths say but it is bonkers anna like i know it, it is you know you meet like now that there is more discussion around it everyone seems to know someone you know who is affected by it and you know and that like is i guess we joke about it but it's just it's so upsetting and it's so frustrating because yet again women are kind of like let down you know and really often it's only until women are trying to have a baby that they really realize that there's a problem and what I'm trying to do and what Frendo's trying to do is, you know, get to that grassroots level and let's let's talk about it earlier, not scaremongering, but you know, let's provide more support earlier. And and that's how that's how I see change, you know, can be affected. And also it's not just education for us, but it's education for the medical system. They have to take control of that. Definitely. And I think, you know, what you were saying with one of the things with Frendo is it's offering support to other people. It, it kind of feels like it's also a community because, you know, there's like you say, there's so many women that must be going through this. But because it's not diagnosed, I'm like I say, I've got multiple friends that I'm pretty sure are, are going through it or have been through it, diagnosis or no diagnosis, but they wouldn't necessarily know. And like, if you don't know that you've got endo, you don't know who to talk to about it because, you know, for a while we just thought, oh, some people really suffer with their periods much worse than others. But then it's only when you keep going through it and you've been through these these traumatic things that you're like this isn't right like you said you know you were pointing out I should why is this happening to me why am I having these problems why is this happening when you're younger you don't question it but to have that community around you and talk to other people that have been through it it's probably just a weight off their shoulders in in some sense that 
they they're not alone and you know they you know you can maybe share experiences which will make people feel better just on a, a single level yeah for sure i mean just today for instance we ran a discussion around literally how does endo feel to you and it's not like oh it's pelvic pain or it's leg pain or whatever but it's literally the responses are we're inundated with responses around like knives around my abdomen like you know like laying on a bed of blades around my ovaries it's and you know i think what it, it gives people to kind of like it it allows them to you know get that anger out as well which you know it's like it's not anger at their body but it is you know, like being free to talk to others who are going through the same thing. And I think that is probably, you know, the case with any chronic illness or say mental health, or once you find a community and others who are going through similar, it just is so empowering. And it does, as you said, it, it kind of lifts a weight from that kind of heaviness that you feel when you're in a flare up or when you're in a really, really horrible time with it. Yeah. Definitely. Here's a podcast we love and we reckon you will too. Making Conversations Count brings honest, relatable conversations with business leaders and entrepreneurs. Every guest values how conversation builds relationships and results. They share tips that have helped them and reflect on career-defining conversations that created a turning point and what happened because of it. Search Making Conversations Count from your favourite platform to take a listen with new episodes every week on topics to help you in your business. So obviously, you know, you were going through this yourself and, and backtracking a few few steps, you were in Australia. How, um, how did it feel, you know, to be kind of like the other side of the world and be going through this and then being diagnosed over there? Um, and what was it that made you kind of start Frendo? Did you start the company whilst you were over there as well? What was it that was the final straw that made you think, I'm going to go for this, this is really needed? Yeah, I think it was, there were a couple of steps. It was definitely like this almost light bulb moment <laughs> where I, I had my last operation and it was my third operation and, you know, I think it was another 12 grand, like, a, you know, $12,000, like to, to pay for the thing alone. And I was really only getting six months relief out of it. And, you know, I was working for KPMG at the time and kind of, you know, it was a pretty fast paced job. And, and I just decided afterwards, I was like, this isn't working for me. You know, I can't go through this again. I kind of, I, I have to take control of my own health and, you know, my own life in a way and try to manage this myself. So it was almost, okay, I have to, I feel like I have to move back closer to home in order to give myself the most support you can for when you're living with something like this, an inflammatory disease or a chronic illness. And, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty hard to do. Like, you know, I'm quite a, proud person it's almost like you go through all these feelings of oh, i failed or you know you know i have to kind of go back to my family or but i do think it was like i can't go through another surgery away from my family you know time off work that kind of thing um so that was the the decision to kind of move back and then around about the same time, I thought to myself, you know, I had a very close girlfriend over there who had stage four endo, went to the same consultant as I did. 
you know, very complex case as well. And she had moved to LA and that was literally my community. And I thought I have, I've no one to talk to, you know, uh, except for these Facebook forums that were, you know, really just negative people talking about, it is a negative thing, but I was looking for something more. And that's so the concept for Frendo came, it started by really around a social network and, you know, looking for that community. And so it started as that. And um, then I kind of went back to the drawing board and thought, well, actually the real issue here for everyone is this diagnosis delay and why they look for a community so much is because they feel so isolated in that time to diagnosis. So I um, then started to work with a professor um, of gynecology and obstetrics in France on the questionnaire. And that's kind of where the, the concept evolved into more of a screening and community. And so the idea was starting while I was in Australia and I was still a bit uh, nervous about it. And then when I got back, I moved back to Dublin before London and I just kept having this feeling of I have to do something around endometriosis and um, literally drew it out. I had a white piece of paper and drew out the app and the four the components at the bottom of it. And and it really was what would I want? You know, what would I want to use back then and up till now, you know, as a user and, you know, what's going to help me? And then I pitched it to like a couple of people and then it went from there and makes it sound really easy. It's been <laughs> definitely not easy, but that's really how it all started. That was kind of end of 2019. Um, and um, so tried it really got bootstrapped it and got grants and and then yeah so we launched uh we've only really launched um properly in the last couple of months that's amazing it's in such a short space of time and obviously with everything else that's been going on in the world what a whirlwind of, a, of an adventure and, and of a you know of a journey what have been some of your biggest challenges obviously you know we, we've spoken about like the endo and your personal but like in terms of like the business side of things and you know creating friendo what would you say some of your biggest challenges have been yeah i well i would say certainly i'd say probably most founders are saying this or maybe not um but the pandemic in terms of we were about to launch just as the pandemic hit and then obviously it wasn't the right time for anything kind of med tech related but i guess what that taught us was you know to listen to our users and our, our test users and our community even more and like what we heard was they were struggling massively you know with delayed treatments delayed diagnosis even more and what they needed was like they needed to be able to manage their endo even more themselves and so the tracker was even more important and so we we kind of went back to you know developing further so you know, whilst I was like really disappointed in not being able to launch then, 
I guess it wasn't meant to be. Um, I think another big challenge for me was, you know, I like to be in front of people and with my team and, you know, working on your own is like, it is challenging, particularly when you're building a team. I found that like a big struggle. I'd say another struggle, which is, you know, getting certainly getting easier is pitching to male investors. You know, there's certainly more of an interest in reproductive health. You know, now the pharmaceutical companies are investing more in it. And as a result, VCs are, um, but they're probably the key challenges. Definitely. And, you know, you know, you've done such an incredible thing in, like we say, in such a short space of time. And where where do you see kind of Frendo going? Like at the moment, do you want to take it kind of like worldwide? Are you working on a global sort of level or, you know, is this something small scale for now and then maybe in the future? No, definitely. Our plan is UK, Ireland, Australia and then to the US. So um, we're aiming to open around over the coming months with the plan to build out a team and new market entry into the US with that. I guess from a, you know, a business objective and, and goals, like the mission really is two, like two main goals. And that's, you know, one is educate, like which, so get it into the curriculum. So screen school girls and girls in, in college, and that's working with government to be able to do that. And the other is kind of developing better treatment pathways and that's kind of becoming a clinical trials partner with pharmaceutical companies so they're kind of the bigger ticket items for Frendo. Amazing and you know working on like a global scale like you said Australia and America as well it's incredible it obviously affects people all over the world so that's amazing to see. Are there some areas of the world that are more advanced and kind of work better with endo like for example obviously you had your treatment in australia you know are they a bit more forward thinking when it comes to endo than maybe other parts of the world is the uk lagging a bit behind yeah i i would say australia is quite a bit further ahead and i think that's to do with investment into research you know it really is you know, and if I look at, you know, those three markets, Ireland, the UK and Australia, it is, you know, Ireland are significantly behind the UK and UK are, are you know, typically behind Australia. And, you know, you even look at how few endo specialists there are in each country. You know, there are just so few. But certainly Australia are, you know, I, I would say quite a bit ahead for sure. Yeah. What changes do you want to see when it comes to endometriosis over the next 10 years? Like, will will, will mine in your lifetime, Derville, see a world and, and a society that's living with maybe a cure or, you know, a diagnosis that is just like normal and like that? Or is that something way, way, way in the future that, that we can't really expect? In the next 10 years, um I I mean, what I would like to see certainly is the, I think what we can achieve is a significant reduction to the diagnosis delay. You know, I don't know what we can achieve in terms of a cure, but I certainly believe um, that we can address the diagnosis delay because, you know, I think there are tangible 
areas that we can focus on in order to do that. And that is, you know, making our medical system more accountable. It is, you know, empowering our young girls and people with periods with the knowledge to know if something is wrong, be able to talk about it and be able to go somewhere and to address it. So, you know, so that they're addressing it at the age of 18 or 19, as opposed to 32. And, and that really reduces that it breaks the cycle early. And as a result, it can, it, you know, it can, it can halt the progression rate of the disease from, you know, one of the stages to the, you know, to the more severe stage. So I do believe within 10 years, we can certainly reduce that diagnosis delay. I also believe we're on the right track to involving, you know, a broader audience, you know, like it's, it's not just uh, a women's issue, you know, it is, you look at like IVF and, and fertility issues and like, if it's a if it's a heterosexual couple, you're, you know, then it's the 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 partner, the guy, also is affected by this, and and he's also affected by it if he's in a relationship. It certainly affected my relationships. You know, you create barriers because, you know, it's a, it, there are difficult symptoms to deal with, and we're we're really excited. We have a new feature coming out in the next few months as well, which which broadens that it involves more of it allows your boyfriend or your clinician or your your family member to be part of your journey so it alleviates that stress on you to have to continue to explain what endo is or how you're feeling so you know i feel really excited and strongly about that element as well because i think we underestimate how much others want to learn and want to know when they care about you you know yeah definitely as you were talking I was like what another kind of like amazing thing that you've done here with Frendo is kind of just raising awareness like obviously people that are going through it are very much aware um, even if you know they don't always know like you say you can kind of describe symptoms to each other and like people that have been undiagnosed maybe kind of suggest that they are they're getting it but from someone who hasn't suffered from endo whenever I hear about it I get so excited because of the people that are so close to me that have been through it I feel like I've kind of been living their journey with them so then you know, when you do hear stories like your incredible self and the things that you're doing, I genuinely do feel excited that, you know, that there is something happening in this space, that there are people talking about it, that there hopefully is a brighter future, like you're saying. So, yeah, I think, you know, you say making it a bigger picture for people that aren't, go from our, for other women that aren't going through it and, yeah, for, you know, for the men and for the people around you, it's so, so important. And I think, yeah, that that is, it's incredible. It's an incredible story that you, what you've done and it's an incredible um, business that you have created. So thank you so much. And let's kind of like end on, on a high where people can download Friendo now on the App Store and they sign up and kind of like join the community or is it like you have to be referred how does it work in that sense yeah sure it is available the app is free on both the ios and android so it is available now it's friendo f-r-e-n-d-o without the i and um yeah come and join us in the community and we're on instagram at friendo endo as well so feel free to 
shoot me a direct message as well. Always open to hearing from people who are kind of questioning their own symptoms or their um, journey themselves. Love to hear from it. And one last thing that's only just hit me, Fendo is like friend, but endo. Is that why it's called Frendo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, friends with endo. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what a fantastic name. When I first heard it, I was like, Frendo, oh, it's because it's endo. But I didn't like, it didn't trigger in my mind that it was friend, like Frendo. So, yeah, what a fantastic name. <laughs> But no, thank you, Devil. You've been such a pleasure talking to you today. And thank you for sharing your story. It's uh, It really is an incredible one. Thanks, Anna. And really appreciate you shedding light on this. And yeah, just the more awareness, the better for Endo and those out there who are diagnosed and those who are wondering what it is. So yeah, and happy Friday to everyone. <laughs> the Serial Entrepreneur brought to you by Startups Magazine a podcast bringing you leading businesses and founders who have a story to tell and explain some of their biggest challenges. Try not to be too hard on yourself. Like I've met so many founders who are like, you know, I should have done this and then the pandemic happened and I didn't do this. And, and you spend so much time like second guessing yourself when really mistakes will happen. Like we're human. It really does improve over time and I think sometimes when you're starting out you kind of almost expect yourself to have you know super high standards from the start you know you want to do your best at the start absolutely but you're never going to be perfect plus share their biggest secret their favorite breakfast cereals my favorite cereal is an australian cereal called nutrigrain rice krispies it's pretty boring wheatabix i have a clear winner it is uh cocoa pops 